Welcome to the post show. Welcome. It's going to be a good one if we remember to do everything we did. I poured you a little bit of the bread. I hop. see that, yeah. I, just not enough to keep you from driving, but at least so you can. Let me drink some more water. Well, this. Let- smell it. You don't even have to taste it, really. Just smell it. Very floral. It's a. Uh, so they, it's East End's Big Hop, and they added a breath lacto blend to it. It. Primary in stainless, secondary in barrels. Oh. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I gave you three quarters of an ounce. So if that. I, I figure, uh, let you participate. I'm going to drink it. Go for it. Go from there. So, um, I was not right. against you, by the way. I want to make this sure. clear. I was not against you drinking it in front of me without me drinking it because, I mean, hey, it's a growler. Sure. How long is it going to last? No, I, I understand the whole driving safely thing. But this is the kind of beer you can just smell. So yeah. there you go. Uh, iPhones. Mm. So you want to lay your iPhone 6 Plus next to my iPhone 4S. I just wanted to see. <laughs> unlock it for me so I can just take a look at like the, the home screen. I'm trying to get used to how to unlock it fully. Because you don't press it down. You just hold. You, mm-hmm. you press once, then hold. Anyway. I mean, it's definitely smaller. So you upgraded from a five, not a four S, right? So, yes. So mine is. So I still have. I had the red on the five. You've not used a phone this small in a very long time. No, but I mean, honestly, because maybe because this feels so big, mm-hmm. this doesn't feel too horribly small. Maybe right. if I was comparing to the six, it may be a totally different story. But if I'm comparing it side to side, they kind of feel like, hey, this is just a really big phone versus this is, you know, this sort of standard, right. even though it's not. But still, the the screen, honestly, I mean, you know, I can see a difference, but it's not... I mean, this is the first retina, is, right? So this one's still a okay, retina. Okay, so it's still retina. So, yeah, okay, so it's definitely clearer on mine. And... My cover is really scratched up right now, but I mean so. it's clear on mine. But it's um, it's not awesomely over, and it's not like I can see individual pixels versus mine. So when I so picked you, up, you, you put it side by side. And yeah, you when I picked up your phone in the store a couple weeks ago, next to the six, yeah, right in like mostly a white background. Like uh, I don't know what do I want to pull up here. Um, May I open your Twitter? You may open my Twitter. Right. It just seemed like like this feels like like looking at your Twitter, mm-hmm. it feels like paper. Like it feels like a printed book to me. Okay. Compared to mine, which feels like a video screen. Let me see. Let me let me see the comparison. Okay. Let me pull mine. And how long it takes for Twitter to open on my phone, which well. didn't seem slow until a second ago. <laughs> um, yeah, here, compare those two twi- Twitter feeds and just see like how yeah. yours feels like paper compared to mine feels like a screen. Yeah. I mean, there's also, I mean, this is, yeah, so what's it, a 4S? Yeah. So, I mean, the 6 Plus is thinner than the 4S and strangely, Probably about the same weight, but this, because this is more dense, it mm-hmm. feels heavier. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's that thing that, that right. adds to your perception and, and changes the way you look at things. I think yours feels heavier, but that whole density thing throws you off, right? Um, yeah, but if you just look at the screen, yours feels like so rich. Yeah. And such high fidelity. And 
so Instagram like, is another so, is a good way to so I, you probably can't appreciate this at all but you know I wear glasses I have fairly bad high eyesight my prescription is a minus 8 8.75 I think I don't know what that means it's, 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 it's in diopters so it's it's um, an inverse over a meter so my far point is about this far versus mine which is I've which is you can I can only focus like printing like that piece of paper there printing yeah. about my contacts I can only focus on it about this far away well I mean I'm getting older I mean the, the last time I met my, my vision check you know when I was like 25 it was, mm-hmm. I, I had 2010 vision I mean right. I, I had like jet fighter vision it's clearly not the same right. anymore so but what I'm saying is like my phone I will read it in bed at night without my contacts in and I will hold it like this close to my face oh okay I don't even do that <laughs> Well, because that's where my my far point is, yeah, right, and I can see some graininess. I can't say I can see the pixels, but I can see some graininess on this phone. If I took out my contacts on your phone and held it like I'm, I'm holding this like four inches from my face, yeah, um, that's where I read it without my contacts in, you know, and um, I bet you I'm not gonna do it right now but I bet you your phone looks a lot smoother at that distance yeah I mean that that's a it's a very high density pixel area so yeah that would I mean I can't even focus that close <laughs> no I can't put my contacts in it's when I take my contacts out that's where I focus it's just it's completely out of focus at this length to me you're about like six and a half seven eight you're a foot this away is, this is me yeah, you're, so your near point is like 13 inches. Yeah. And, well, with my contacts, I'll show you where my near point is. I mean, it's a lot closer, right? Let's see. A good tight focus. It's right there. So that's probably about 14 inches or so. And I'm about here, so... Yeah. yeah. But without my contacts, I'm at like three and a half, four inches. It, it's super close. Hmm. Yeah, so I'm at roughly the same as yours, maybe I'm a little closer, but yours is... Yeah. But a high-density retina like yours would help that scenario where I'm laying in bed with my contacts out, trying mm-hmm. to read my phone, mm-hmm. holding it four inches from my face. It would look better. Definitely look better. It looks better at arm's length, let alone four inches from my face. Oh, yeah. It looks fantastic. I mean, this is still just as the focus is here. And, I mean, even up this close, this is this is this to me is close. That has a better pixel density than the iPhone 6, right? Yes. Yes, it does. It has a better camera and a better pixel density. This, is, this can do things. 1080p where the iPhone 6 can't. Okay. A better camera has better stabilization, right? Yeah, it has it has image stabilization. Right? I don't know if the iPhone six does. I think the iPhone six plus right stabilization does, yeah. has a deeper pixel density and a bigger size. Yeah, well, the bigger size is, is obvious, right? But um, yeah, I mean, I, I this cost me about five hundred bucks. In addition to also, I'm paying a two year contract. Mm-hmm. You know, and and all this like so you know ninety bucks a month roughly. Do you know what retail is on that phone? Like if you're buying without the subsidized contract, I'm gonna guess it's around eight hundred. Yeah, it's probably about right. 
I mean, think what you used to pay for a desktop computer. Well, in, you know, this and is, that's a tablet, right? That's a high-powered tablet, right? There. This is the advantage of, of being of, of happening living happen to be living in a very rich country that gets all of its it gets all of its electronics from a very poor country, right? I mean, this is it's, we're going to be fucked in twenty years, but right now it's awesome. All right, so. We're talking about Beck in the main show. Yes, we did talk about it. Well, briefly. The, the reason why I brought that up is because I remember one time, it was a couple of years ago, we went to see a movie. I forget what movie it was, but I was uh, we're going on the way home, and I uh, said, yeah, hey, you picked the song on the way home. Uh, and you looked through my music and didn't necessarily... That was when we saw Firefly. Was it? Must oh, we saw done. Serenity? Okay. I think it's the only yeah. time we saw a movie together. Maybe. So we... So you were like, look through my my stuff, didn't find anything that you were necessarily liked, and then put on Beck, and I immediately turned it off. I said, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I should have deleted that from my phone. I can't stand Beck anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Odalay. Uh Yeah, probably. And um, then I, I put something else on. But yeah, I, I I got to the point where I was like, you know, for, for a while I liked Beck, and then I really lost... And it wasn't because he was a Scientologist. That just happened to be something that I learned. But well, Beck. I mean, he's done some really weird, bad shit. You know, like the album after Epro, or maybe after Olay. It was like, what the fuck is this? It was kind of. I mean, it was kind of bluegrass, but I like bluegrass, and this was not something I liked. And I was just kind of sick of sick of Beck, and I, and I still am, and I just don't like this stuff. But but for some he reason, he has a new album out that's supposed to be pretty good. I don't care. <laughs> so I, I need. Here's, I'm at the point in the back where I need to be convinced. So my story is a short but not very good story. But at my time in life, it's is a formative, funny story in my life, and that is when I was working at Kings. And I worked at Kings when I was like 15. <sighs> it's good. It's good. When I worked at King. I worked. At Kings. It's a it's a local uh, family restaurant. Yeah. Um, sort of consider it like a a local qu- Denny's. Uh, yes, local right? Denny's. I was, you know, it's more like Eaton Park, but Eaton Park's a regional restaurant. Kings is local. Eaton Park is regional. Denny's is the national. Um, so I worked at a Denny's, and I worked there for a long time. I worked there from when I was like fifteen till when I was like nineteen. Long time when you're that old, right? Mm-hmm. All through high school. Even when I was going to community college, I was still working there. And even when I got my first tech job, I still worked there once a month for several, for probably about six months. Really? Why? Just to keep it. I, I, mean, I was a shift supervisor. I uh. was, you know, so who knew? I didn't know where things were going. So I still worked for, you know, once, once a, a month and that no going nowhere. Well, I guess you know that now. But <laughs> well, I, I, I did quit it, right? Yeah. But I mean, I was making. So when they hired me at Nauticom to do tech support, they hired me at seven or seven fifty an hour. Yeah, it was it was bad. It was rough. And at Kings, I was making a little bit more. I think less than eight, but a little bit more as a shift supervisor. And when I tried to negotiate at Nauticom to match my rate at Kings, they actually wouldn't do it. But it was a job in tech, right? 
Um, so that's probably part of the reason it's so long ago. I actually have, do not have a clear recollection on how many months I did the once a month thing. I want to say it was probably about five, but it could have been as little as two. It could have been as much as eight. It's only eight days. So I mean, yeah, so I don't have a clear recollection of how long, yeah. and I don't have a clear recollection of actually quitting Kings. Like, if you ask me today, I'm like, maybe I just didn't show up. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I, it's weird, but I am getting close to 40 now. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's you know, it's weird. It's a long time ago. How, how it has slowly turned into a long time ago. Uh, Over 20 years? It's not that weird. <laughs> I don't know. It seems weird. It doesn't... No, it's like when my, when my parents say to me, Ava is 10 years old. Can you believe it? I'm like... Yeah, it's been ten years since she was born. That you know, it kind of makes sense. It was that whole time acceleration thing that just throws you for a loop. Uh, Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm I'm weirdly cognizant of time, so I don't. It doesn't. I mean, other people are like, "Wow, isn't it crazy that this much time has passed?" I think, no, not really. I I mean, I remember a lot has happened. So, no, I mean, I've lived here for since 1998, right? I mean. Um, I mean, I've gotten over the, you know, for a long time, and you probably experienced some of this too. Nearly, tw- but I mean, I've been here nearly twenty years. It seems like I've been here nearly twenty years. It doesn't seem like I. Oh my god, it's magical! It's right. only been five years. So the one thing I'm over is, you know, a little bit of my background is I didn't graduate college from a four year school. I didn't even get an associate degree at a community college. Maybe your best did. I was going to community college when I got my first tech job. I saw the opportunity in tech. I took it. I wasn't much of a college student anyway. I'd be a much better college student now. Yeah, yeah, actually, I would be. For a long time, I was the whiz kid, right? I was the youngest kid in the office Mm -hmm. doing things. And, you know, I actually, I may, I, it's not like I'm still clinging on to that, that I'm still the whiz kid. You know, I have no, you know, I'm not the whiz kid. I have not been the whiz kid for almost 10 years now. <laughs> um, I remember when I went to free markets, they were like, wow, you're so young. You're like a little baby. And I was like, eh, I'm 26. How am I young? But now, you know, I'm like, yeah, I was pretty young then. But I've, I've never, I've never had the prejudice against young versus old that I know other people do. So I don't care how old you are, how young you are. If you do good work, you do good work. That's it. And I say that only because I know people who have that prejudice and who work on that prejudice. And I understand why they do. And I've worked with young people who are fucking, who their head's in the clouds. They don't know. So I know what they mean. But... If the work is good, I don't fucking care. I don't care what, if, if you're a brain of that. Mm-hmm. If the work is good, the work is good. Right. So there was there was a threshold where I had to come to the realization that I'm not the young kid in the office anymore. It almost surprisingly, almost surprisingly to me, it wasn't much of a stressful thing, right? It just oh yeah, <laughs> look, I'm 37 years old now, mm-hmm. you know. You grow old. I mean, this this shit happens. Yeah, yeah. Time passes. But, you know. Yeah. So, I'm trying to get back to the original point. Where was I? Uh, oh, we were talking about Kings of Bad King. Holy shit, that was a rattle. Um, Push it, everybody. So, I worked at Kings all through high school. 
I started as a busboy washing dishes, and I ended up at that once a month shift supervisor thing. So shift supervisor means that they trust you enough to run the store where the managers are not there Mm -hmm. over the midnight shift. So I would work the Friday night, Saturday night, uh, 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. type shift, right? And be the manager. Uh, So there was a whole bunch of memes behind the grill when you're cooking at King's, right? You know, memes is the best way to put it, right? They were just very local memes to the, the guys you worked with. And so the King's turkey dinner was some sliced turkey, some stuffing, some mashed potatoes, and some cranberry sauce. And the turkey and the stuffing were pre-portioned out in plastic bags by the prep cooks in the morning. And except for Thursday night, which was turkey dinner special night, they were stored cold in the cooler. You would throw a bag of stuffing and a bag of turkey in the microwave and nuke it for about three and a half minutes until it was hot. Right down nuking it. Nuking it. Yes. Okay. Um, And then you would put the stuffing, the ball of stuffing down, and you would lay the turkey over over it nicely. You would put a little cup of cranberry sauce beside Mm -hmm. it, put a scoop of mashed potatoes on the plate. You would hand it off to the waitress who would put gravy on it and whatnot. Pretty disgusting, really, for a turkey dinner. You're going to to King's. I mean... right. On Thursdays, when it was special, we would set up a hot water bath, and we'd have these little cups where you would put the turkey in, and it would soak in hot water, so you would just pour it out and drain it, put the, and that would get it hot. Uh, the stuffing, I think the stuffing was still microwaved. But, so we got this whole Beck thing, right? Two turntables and a microphone. Mm-hmm. So we had this whole meme of two turkey dinners in the microwave. And Greg is not. Wait, wait, wait. Two, Greg is nonplussed. Two about turkey this dinners in the microwave. Two turkey dinners in the microwave. Yeah, it was it was very cool in the King's meme thing, right? And two turntables and a microphone. <laughs> two turkey dinners in the microwave. So we that got a lot of mileage at King's, and I knew this story would not relate to anybody listening, especially Greg. But <laughs> but it was a very formative moment of my life, and actually. One of the other moments, there was this um, guy I worked with, younger than me, Donald Beam. And he figured out when you tried to clock in too early after your break, the time clock would go beep, 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 beep. So he would do, won't you take me to beep, 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 funky town. (laughs) Won't you take me to beep, 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 funky town. Interesting. So he would sing that for like five minutes before his break. So they regimented you so closely that you... That you wouldn't be allowed to... The time clock, if you clocked out, you could not clock in for a half an hour, whatever the break was. So the clock would lock you out, and you couldn't clock in early. It's fucked up. It's so fucked up. I fucking hate that. Uh, Treating people like machines. It was... Actually, was it yesterday or this morning? I was thinking about, like... Man, I wonder what King's business is like fucking these days, right? Because back in the day, 15 years ago when I worked there, there was more of a market for that thing. But like today with Fast Casual and like them being like number three or four in that whole genre Mm -hmm. in the market, like 
the cranberry one's closed. I just wonder, like, who goes to King's anymore? Yeah, well, I mean, I would go there for breakfast. I would not go there for lunch or dinner. <laughs> well, breakfast is relatively easy, right? It's eggs and potatoes. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. come on. How, yeah. how hard can that be? Um, okay, so I, I want to bring up nuking it because, yeah, I, I actually thought about this over the last, I forget where it was, but, it, you know, we talked about nuking it with a microwave, but really you're not nuking anything because when you're doing nuke, you were talking about the nucleus. Like, uh, if you're doing, like, mm-hmm. NMR, you're doing nuclear magnetic resonance, you're actually talking about things that affect the nucleus. But when you're doing a microwave, you're just scintillating polar molecules. Mm-hmm. It's electromagnetic. It's right. not nuke. It's not nuclear. Sure. I just, I, I find that interesting that we, we turn it nuclear because we're like, oh, we don't understand well, radiation. Well, blah, blah, blah. No, it's because, I mean, it's not, we don't, it's part that. It's mostly because the era where it came around. Right, microwaves became popular in the fifties and sixties, the nuclear age. Right. Okay. It's this magical heating of things, so it got this colloquialism of being a nuclear thing. It, if for some reason microwaves had come along in the twenties, and nuclear reactions didn't come along until the forties and fifties. It wouldn't have been nuking it because they were discovered simultaneously, invented simultaneously. Because it, it's radioing. I mean, that's really what it is. Well, right, but it's this whole magical heating thing, yeah. right? And the reason it, they called it nuking it because it was invented in the same era as nuclear yeah. discovery. But actually, I don't even. Well, nuclear. That's not true. I wouldn't nuclear. Say, it's nuclear. Nuclear. I. You don't even need. I was going to say you don't even need quantum mechanics, but that's not necessarily true, because you do need to describe them in terms of the potential. You're you're resonating a frequency in which the molecules will move up and down inside of electromagnetic field. However, that is quantized, so you do need quantum mechanics to describe that fully. So. Okay, you do need quantum mechanics. It is quantum mechanical, but it's not. It's not nuclear. All right. Anyway. Anyway, I'm just talking about the whole colloquialism of simultaneous discovery. No, I, yeah, yeah, and yeah. No, I get you. It could have just as easy, uh, easily have been that, like you know, Martians and aliens and stuff could have been as big in the air, right? It could have got this colloquial term about Martianing it or something, right? I mean. Green mending it or something. Yeah, well, yeah, right, right. yeah. No, I get you. It, it, it's just, it, it's weird that that persists when it actually. I mean, well, like okay, so ray guns. Like you think of like Flash Gordon and stuff or yeah. whatever, right? Like ray guns. It could have been like oh, I ray gunned it or something. You yeah, know? yeah, true. Yeah, it's just a colloquial thing because of simultaneous discovery. It seemed magical. Nuclear radiation seemed magical, so it inherited it. That's all. I guess that's true. Um, but it's not nuclear. <laughs> do you want to get onto Amazon Namas? Too many cooks? Gary Larson or fucking alcohol? Uh, well, I want to talk about Gary Larson for a second. Okay. That first or Glenn. Glenn? Gary? 
That was Glenn Larson, not Gary Larson. That was the problem. I wrote Glenn Larson. Because... I said Gary Larson. Yeah, because... And I don't know why I said Glenn Tell me why I said Gary Larson. Because I saw that and I said, oh my God, Gary Larson died? That's horrible. Gary Larson wrote The Far Side. Far Side is awesome. I want that guy who wrote Farside to live forever. Well, it turns out it was Glenn Larson who died. Glenn Larson created Battlestar Galactica, Knight Rider, blah, 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 blah. But things entertain me, sure, but not as much of a loss to me as Gary Larson. <laughs> that isn't, that, that's serendipity right there. That yeah. I yeah. wrote Glenn Larson. Well, you and I had this, we're on the same way. And I said Gary on. Larson. Gary Larson is fantastic. Glenn Larson was kind of a hag that got uh, that managed to you know get some interesting things done and if you ask me about Gary Larson I'm now now is um, with the the, uh, the context I could have said far side 10 minutes ago with no context and this much alcohol I'm not <laughs> sure I would have made the context but subconsciously you got it. Yeah. Little Jeff said Gary Larson. Yeah. So that's very interesting. I just want to talk about fucking alcohol because we have like three other things we want to talk about the post show. And we don't know what no they idea. are. No idea. We didn't. We weren't writing them down or anything. I gotta go to the bathroom. So. All right. Okay, we're back from the potty break. Um, one thing we talk about the main show, and probably didn't need to talk about the main show because it's going to be talked about. Extensively everywhere else is Ten Barrel Brewing. Did you hear about that? Ten Barrel Brewing. Anheuser Busch bought Ten Barrel Brewing in Portland, Oregon. No. So Ten Barrel Brewing is awesome brewery. Lots of very inventive beers. Lots of awesome craft beers. Mm -hmm. Tanya Cornette, which is you know she's a female brewer she's one of the best brewers in the country she's up there with Tommy and Vinny and whatnot she went to Tin Brewer about a year and a half ago Tim Barrel about a year and a half ago and uh, this past week Anheuser Bush bought Tin Barrel Brewing mm-hmm. so lots and lots of bloggers and beer writers and everybody is, are talking all about this it's pretty good the the Brett Huff yeah yeah if you want another sip, I can give you another sip. But anyway, thank you. I don't have much to say. I don't have much of an opinion. Shit happens. It's big breweries, shit. I big mean, breweries are gonna. Well, stuff happens. Yeah. Big breweries are gonna buy small breweries. Anheuser Busch bought Blue Point a year ago, two years ago. Okay. But it's a lot bigger brewery than Timbro. Mm-hmm. It's a lot less awesome. Than ten barrel. Well, I mean, I, I, I think that this goes to so so, you know, the beer geeks, the, the militant beer geeks, yeah, right? Yeah, there are going to be there. The militant beer geeks are like, how the fuck can Anheuser Busch buy this awesome brewery? I got a hint, money. <laughs> right. I don't have much of an opinion on the thing. Let's see how it works out. I don't think I've had. Well, I've it. talked before about how Anheuser Busch has a problem and that they can't actually. They're capable of making decent to good to even very good beers, but they're incapable of selling them. This is the problem they have because they have to they have to commit to a business plan that works for 
you know, for for their board and for et cetera, et cetera, that they sell a specific amount of, of beer of, of the specific type. They can't just do small batch releases of something. That won't work so, in Bush. That costs too much money for them to do right. versus So I heard they an interesting theory today, and that it's that that I read this on some blog. I can't remember if it was Stan's blog, Stan Hieronymus. I don't think it was. I think it was somebody else's, but I'm not sure. Um so Anheuser-Busch is doing what they have seen Miller Coors doing, but they're actually doing it to a different degree. Miller Coors has this history of buying regional breweries, but not craft breweries, mm-hmm. and and using those to market certain towns. Like Miller Coors, I'm pretty sure it's Miller Coors. The, like for Baltimore, they buy they bought Nat, Natty Bow. Okay. Right, which is the Baltimore beer, uh, National Bohemian is what. But all the Baltimoreites call it Natty Bow. Uh, in Washington, they bought Rainier beer. So it'd right? be sort of like them buying Iron City. It'd be like them buying Strawberry Iron City yeah. type thing, right? So imagine they bought the Iron City in Pittsburgh, right? Same kind of thing. So that's what they've been doing, and they've done it in a bunch of cities. Yeah. They bought these regional brewers. Um, it seems like this person proposed that Anheuser Busch is has seen that, but they're going a little more crafty, right? They're they're buying Blue Point, Goose Island, right? Yeah, Ten Barrel. No, I agree, and I I think that that's so they're buying these. They're doing these acquisitions to acquire specific markets. Yes, craft markets where like you know people that are tried and true Goose Island drinkers. We're going to drink Goose Island no matter what. And because Goose Island, because Blue Point, because Ten Barrel have certain market penetration, it's worth buying, that kind of thing. I I wonder about the market. Well, I don't know. I mean, the way I look at it is they're buying, they, they know that craft beer is on the rise. They also know that craft beer, at least for the foreseeable future, will never threaten their general market space. However, they do see an emerging market. It doesn't threaten the market space, but they do you know, see they birdings reports are a son of a bitch, right? Well, yeah, I mean, but, you have to beat the street, you know. Let me finish my thought, okay. Please. Sorry, <laughs> they do see an emerging market, something that they can get a bit of. Now, I think it, it would be in their best interest to buy them and then essentially leave them alone and let them do what they're doing, and just you know they own them so they get a piece of the pie, but. But that's it, and maybe they get some knowledge or some extra, you know, cred somewhere or something. I think the the, the skeptical part is: can the bean counters keep their fingers out of the soup? Right. Uh, obviously, that's a question, and you know, that's that a question. That's a question that remains to be seen. Can you know? Will, will they try to turn this brewery into a, a mini Budweiser, or will they simply let it be and let it grow like it does? Well, will they will just, let it be, or will they try to eke an extra ten percent out? Right. You know, well, you could look at it in in several ways. Could they try to do that, or could they actually, because of their marketing power, expand their reach and put them in more places and make them grow that way? I think because they because they have the ability to right. to make you know their beers. I think much all more the, the the beer lovers, the craft beer lovers, are all worried about um, sacrifice and quality for profitability. I mean, right? it's, it's an absolutely yeah. reasonable question to ask. And, but and I don't think that there's a reason for Budweiser to go and jump and buy these really great, tiny craft breweries 
to just turn them into mainstream breweries. Right. There's nothing. There, there, there's no. There's no good reason for that to happen. I hear you. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense to to buy ten barrel and try to get an extra seven percent yeah profit out of production. You know, use your market to expand production. I don't think that Goose Island has dropped in quality since they've been purchased by Budweiser. Yeah, I don't think so. I think the people that are arguing against it are more of the local vores, right? Yeah. Keeping the money in the local economy, yeah. that kind of thing. I mean, I understand, think- but you, you know, you get a chance for Two Barrel now to expand beyond what their per- what their capabilities mm-hmm. was at any point. Right. I mean, it, it it reminds me sort of like. It's kind of similar to Oculus being a very small VR company, and they they allow themselves to be bought, by, you know, and they were kickstarted and all that stuff, and now they they're bought by Facebook. And lots of people on Facebook saying, "Hey, you were a independent company. We we paid for you to kickstart, blah blah." And they're like, "Well, yeah, but Facebook gives us so much more money to keep doing this stuff, and they're not really interfering. They're just letting us do our stuff. Right. But now we have a whole lot more money to to turn into trying to make a cool product. And yeah, Facebook's going to get like twenty percent of it, you know, at the end of the day. But we got so much more to do stuff that we may make." 300% more money so it all or, works out or it might not go bankrupt yeah, right? yeah. So. so I mean there's there's good things and bad things to acquisitions I think that at this point the craft beer industry is, is a lot more mature mm-hmm. and so it's clear that Budweiser is not buying them to turn them into a mini Budweiser that would be absurd for them to do that for them to think that they could do that hopefully they learn that the bean, can- bean counters can't Mess with yeah. the I mean, pro- profitability. They right? understand that their main brewery, the one that we visit in St. Louis, they can't make craft beer there. They just can't. They can't. They have so much money in that brewery. They have so much stuff going through. There's so many they people can, involved. Well, they, they can't afford to make craft brewery, get craft well, beer at that location. They can make it. They can't produce it. Right. Yeah. That's what I mean. They they, they right. can't they can't sell at a profit. At, right. a, they can't even sell it at a reasonable loss. It's a major loss for them to sell something that doesn't sell there. You know, right. it, it's just that is made for production brewing at a scale that is unheard of in the craft brewing industry. So it's just it's not that you're incapable of it. It's just that that is not what what can sell at that level. So yeah, so by these small places that already have built up enough. You know, pump money into them, turn them into bigger arenas, things that still do what they do. Mm-hmm. It's the best of both worlds. You're, you're you're pumping money into a situation, you know that that will grow, that has a record of growing and will continue to grow, and has uh, the ability to you know attract people into a, a area that you can't get into because of the way that you're set up in a, in a specific way. I, I think it makes perfect sense. Right. But I am, I have a lot of alcohol in me, so <laughs> consider that. So, so cue up some music. You can choose whether it's uh, A or B. Um. Okay, we're doing A. That's fine. Craft Beer Radio, Amazon Anonymous. So, I don't know if you have your item ready. I went through our list, got a lot of interesting things. This one was kind of curious. This is the... Well, it's not curious. It's just hard to read and fairly expensive. Um, Someone bought an end table. A very rustic wooden end table. I like the look of it, actually. It looks like something I can make in my garage with a little bit of stain. Okay. Uh, This is the Saf... 
Safalaba Safavalia Lahoma End Table Medium Oak. It is $118. It's uh, you save $237. It's 67% off. Oh, wow. That's like a $400 table right there. It is a medium oak finish for this wood coffee table. It gives a piece of fresh look and it gives this piece of fresh look and feel. Blah, blah, blah. You can buy this and the coffee table for 333 bucks. Doesn't have very. It only has three reviews. It has a five star, a four star, and a three star. The five star is easy to assemble and very sturdy. I needed a small table next to my bed, and this fit perfectly. The four star. I would have given it five stars if the tabletop had been solid. A little tinny for my taste. Great though, and very easy to assemble. And the three star. Does what it's supposed to. This is an average table. It looks decent. It isn't a table. It isn't a table made by Jesus or something. So yeah, three stars. Not a table by Jesus or something. Well, he's, he's a good carpenter. That's what they, well, he's a carpenter. I don't know whether he's good or not. He's always a blessed carpenter, right? So his carpenter could have been shit. We don't know. It hasn't been cataloged. So yeah, very neat looking oak table. I imagine probably Jesus was a shitty carpenter because why else would you make a religion, right? I mean, if, if your carpentry was great, stick with that. If not, go with go with what you're better at. Market the religion, huh? All right, what do you got? Oh, Ron Hubbard did it. I mean, his sci-fi wasn't that great, but his religion. All right, uh, MoMA Muji 0.38 hexagonal gel ball pen black. Made in Japan with three refill. I I pointed that because I remember um, at one point I had a, uh, a a pen that was just a cheapo like gel pen or something. But there was something that I read that, that said you could buy these really. There was a really expensive pen that was online, but the refills work in these pens. So you could get like the super expensive pen, mm-hmm. like a hundred dollar pen, but the refills were like ten bucks, and you could put them in this pen. They would they would work. And, the, and the, online they were raving about how great the feel was of the pen, blah, blah, blah. I actually found the the pen, the, the cheapo pen, better to me than... Than the, the cheapo pen with the refill? The cheapo pen with the refill, yeah. Huh. But maybe I'm just because I'm used to the... This pen. I have no idea where this pen came from. It's a pink pen with a bunch of dogs on it. Right with that. It seems like a pretty good pen. I don't want any labels. I've been using that here. I'm like, yeah, that pen doesn't suck for some anonymous yeah, desk nice. pen. It's nice because you, know, you can you don't have to put a lot of force, but you can put you can, it writes well. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I'm not sure where that came from. I mean, obviously, it's Heather's or Alley's or something. I wouldn't buy a pink dog pen, but uh, if I knew if I knew all pink dog pens wrote like that, I would. Yeah, it's a good good pen. Let's see what the refill is. Probably a hundred dollar refill or something, huh? This is how we do it. Is it how we do it? Is it really? That's what they're saying. Why ain't you believing them? I never liked this song all that much. Sorry. Once upon a time in 94, Montel made no money. 
Faux this show. is Montel Jordan who wrote this. Oh, not Montel Williams? No. You racist. <laughs> Every Montel's the same person. <laughs> There's only one Montel in the world. There's only one famous Montel I know of. <laughs> Right. I, I think I, it's time for I have fondness for this song because of the other things that are not related to this song that if you use this song in a great way yeah yeah but um, so there was this thing that aired on Comedy Central like 4 in the morning it was not Comedy Central no? no what song? it was Adult Swim I thought that was Comedy Central no what channel is Adult Swim with? it's a Cartoon Network oh okay now, I guess they're still no they're not even Viacom that's Turner Okay. Okay. It's Cartoon Network. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So you probably have heard of it by now. I don't know whether you have or not. But so, Adult Swim has this. Um, they don't. They have play an infomercial yet, block. Don't play yet because we want to queue yeah, no. up. No, uh, I, yeah, a synchronized. Right. But they have an infomercial block that they have between like you know three and four a.m. or something. But they have this hi- history of putting weird things at the four a.m. mark. The idea being kind of a kind of combination of just we'll put crazy things there, why not? And also like imagine if somebody's sleeping and they wake up, you know, they, they fall asleep watching TV and they wake up at this and they're looking at this. What the hell is? Well, this? also, I mean, you could imagine where. If there's this potential of something awesome being on at 4 a.m., people are going to DVR it every day and check it to see yeah. if there's anything good. Well, that, right? that, that's there, too. So, for a week, they put this thing on called Too Many Cooks. Now, it was on for a week? I thought it was just yeah. one night. No, it was on for a week. They, they put no. it on for a week, but it, it only got it only got noticed when they actually then put it up to YouTube later. And it really got noticed. You probably have heard of it uh, because it got really pretty popular, pretty meme-worthy and spread around. Uh, and for good reason. I think it's it's great. It's it's a very meta exploration of 80s sitcoms and tropes and then beyond that into sort of 80s television openings and tropes. And then weirdly into other areas, 80s movies and other things. Right. So, I mean, they never expected it to get big. It was not the point was not to make something that would be viral, but that's that's the interesting about you viral never stuff. make something. Yeah, you don't make things be viral. Viral stuff happens because it happens. But you know, TV critics, people who are in TV, everybody notices this. All said, this is this is really awesome, and it just spread and spread and spread. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a little mystery science theater three thousand. I think we're going to talk about it. As it's not play. mystery science theater so much. We're doing more of a commentary. Okay, commentary. So go to YouTube. Find too many cooks. Too many cooks. It's eleven minutes long. I think they probably all start at the same time. We don't have to tell people to find a certain one, right? But we, if you want to do a simulcast, right? Yeah, that's what we're talking about. So go to YouTube, find too many cooks, and we're going to tell you when to hit play, and we're going to do a little simulcast so you can see the video in as we commentate it. We're going to be doing this for the next twelve minutes. Uh, three, two. One play. All right, so it starts a kind of full housey where it's just a house, and and the font is very full housey, and then it's just it you know it's a cartoonist thing, so it's it's like too close for comfort too. Mm-hmm. It's got these things where it just okay. So we met the father, yeah. So we're the mother, it's the daughter, 80s, and the younger son, and the youngest like an, daughter. It's an eighties like sitcom opening. Grandma and baby. 
And the baby is played by two people. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know how. The hot girl. The hot girl, yes. So it goes through a bunch of things, and it throws a couple curveballs here and there. Yeah, but but the, the curveballs don't come yet. Right now, it just looks like okay, it's the opening to a show. It's going on a little long, but these openings were long. Have you ever seen the opening to yeah. Bosom Buddies? It's yeah. like a minute and a half. Well, the hot girl was kind of a curveball. Yeah, I mean, they all had some. So fun. now it's like the end of it, right? Yeah. They're going to like a timer photo, and he's trying to stun. He misses the shot, and he hears it. Inside. And then it fills up. Oh, okay, so there's more to go. A new character. Another new character. Science, Science kid. Yeah. Bully. Uh, bully kid. The cool kid. Cool kid. Fawns. Another twin, oh, I think. This is the twin. <laughs> Grandma. And then, weirdly, there's... Okay, there's another Mary... Oh, okay, so now there's the Elf, there's Smurf, <laughs> yeah. the puppet. <laughs> there are a bunch of different cooks. This is when I started laughing out loud, because there's actually three cooks. Four cooks. Peeping a, Tom. Peeping Tom. Looking at... A, a, hot, another hot girl. Yeah. A hot girl with no shirt on, doing a hand bra. And suddenly switch to a corporate setting. Yeah. This, this is when you're like, uh, okay, this is weird. So we got a fat guy getting yelled at, and then the good-looking boss, and yeah, the pudgy secretary, and like it's like a whole new fat guy at home. So it's sort of like it's now it's like okay, so there are multiple families missing. Handbra girl again, (laughs) and now we get a little swinger here. Yeah, smart, more 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 elf. Yes, and another. Timer shot where he misses sitting down in time on the couch. Now we're doing a 360 around the it's table, kind of like a Roseanne thing where it's you know the, it's moving around. But the it table. goes around like three times and with yeah. different characters in the seat, so it comes back to the seat. Now we're supposed to do a black family. <laughs> so yeah, so now it's like okay, we're going to do kind of family matters thing. I like you. Come, okay, you're like you kind of like. All right, I get it. it you just you're sad. Now we have thing. a fireman with no shirt on. Yeah, now fireman and police. All right, I get. It. And then suddenly, there's a screen wipe. <laughs> and now we're in a police. We're show. we're in like uh, uh, Hill Street Blues, right? Yeah. And well, Hill Street Blues and something like um, Night Rider, right? Because like that throwing yeah. the nightstick was like. Oh, and you start to notice the, the guy in the background who's been there before. Okay, but here's like, there's a guy who's, that, that's something absurd. There's a guy who's a coat and they have a pie that's as large as much. So it's, that's, there's the absurd. So the serial killer guy, was that his first oh, shot or was he in there no, earlier? No, 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 he's much earlier. But anyway, oh, so, no, go, oh, we can't go back to no, the simulcast. So now we're in sort of a G.I. Joe thing because <laughs> it's, it's animation. And here's the serial killer starting to get more and more present. And then this Falcon Crest. It's a mansion, a falcon, a mansion, a falcon, <laughs> a mansion. <laughs> it's a helicopter shot from a mansion and a falcon. Falcon, he does a look. He does look kind of a mansion. <laughs> the same shot of the falcon looking at you. And finally, there's the. So now we're Dallas opening, getting right? Dallas and yeah. Well, the first I think of Falcon Crest was that first part. Right? But, oh yeah, but now it's and now there's all of a sudden a guy attacking Dallas. everybody with the machete. It, it's freeze framing right before the machete hits people's necks. 
Oh, except for there. Some blood. blood. It gets a little bit further. Okay, and now we're back fight. to like a pillow fight in a sorority, but this guy is <laughs> he grabbing just people. abducted a girl in a kitchen, and she's drowning him. So Katie Atkins stars Katie Atkins, in the next couple and, scenes here. Yeah, and so here's the guy is coming up. She's freeze frame, but the guy's coming up in the background, which is live frame. And she, her, her eyes are moving. I don't know if you saw that. But then all of a sudden, there's some thing, and she starts running. But she still has her credit <laughs> on her chest. So you still see Katie Atkins as she's running through. And she's running past guys who were frozen with the credits around them. So all of a sudden, we've gone into some kind of weird, like, slasher movie meta thing. Yeah. It's very crazy. This is when he said to realize, oh, they're, they're doing something really fucked up with this. <laughs> yeah. so he hides in a closet. And the speakers for the Too Many Cooks are in different places. It's yeah. louder and quieter. And I love this part because the serial killer sees that she's in the closet because her credit shining through the louvers <laughs> of the closet. And so it goes. And dead. Dead. And then Wonder Woman. So, so, so I think it's that's the same the first person hot girl, who was, right? Who was, no, I well, but yeah, my, yeah, the same. Hot she girl. wasn't Hambro girl. She yeah. was first hot girl. So she's spinning around and she's turning into her costume, but then back again. She turns into yeah, like Wonder Woman, but it's more of this and like then back again. And her, <laughs> like when's she gonna stop? What's it gonna do to her costume? But she's just spinning and spinning, and she's ready. But then she gets cut. She's killed before she. Plays Here her. comes the peeping, peeping Tom. Tom. He's spinning, turning into like a Green Lantern, but his head gets cut. <laughs> so he has two heads and two bodies falling because he's half converted. And now this is the Law and Order. This is the part where you yeah. dislike. But we'll talk about this afterwards. <laughs> he <Dead>. gets killed. <laughs> the, the, the chief detective is dead. And now we're going back into. And now it's just a head in the sink. Head with blood coming out of the faucet. Yeah. Some woman getting dragged along. So now the serial killer is like part of the family, right? But you can't see his tag because it's it covers by static. But he's doing the sort of he's doing the same thing with the peeping tom. He's the peeping tom and the hamburger yeah. girl. Is all and the chef. And he's cooking a foot in the oven and he has blood on his face. You can hear that the music's getting a little weird. And a bunch of heads on a table and he's eating a foot. that actor I'd love to <laughs> somebody gets shot by lasers and you're like what and it's Smurf <laughs> the, elf, him the, the elf character but he blows up and he's a cyborg and suddenly this is the story of cooks <laughs> we're in the Battlestar Galactic cooks knights of science defending humanity <laughs> against beast rebels of the hellscape cooks versus bros to the future you can never have too many cooks <laughs> I love this part. It's so great. It's such a great party of like. They have the the louvered sunglasses on Mm -hmm. from the eighties. Here's a this guy shows up a couple times. He has like a scarred, burned face because his experiment blew up. (laughs) (laughs) The serial killer's face is on the front of the spaceship, shooting lasers out of his mouth. So this dude is. I just like. I love the way they put this. That you know they made it into a very Battlestar Galactic uh, atmosphere. Even have an alien type person. 
And then suddenly, oh, we're switching back to the house. You can't talk that way. But That's your it's not the house. That's a fine how do you do laugh track. Oh, it's meta. This is the meta is, one. Well, everything's been meta well, so far. But this, he's actually saying laugh track. Yeah. You can even hear the theme music. And the thing is... The doctor can the hear the theme music in the guy's chest. Is. The Too Many Cooks music. Now look. The doctor has a credit. And the nurse is like, oh no, you have a credit. Yeah, you got Ebola. Kill me. Kill me. And he starts to smile at the screen. Because everyone stops and smiles, yeah. right? So he's forced to stop and smile at the screen because he has a credit. Oh. Seinfeld uh, watercolor freeze frame. Now people are starting to switch. The different people are switching into different places and it's all weird. <laughs> and all of this is this is the part I love. We're, we're, yeah. This now is the where credits are the people, <laughs> the and the people are the people credits. As their credits. So, if that isn't obvious, the people are just words written with arms and heads and legs, like with letters, and then the people are horizontal in front of the yeah. more letters. Now, so Smarf now, is Smarf is, is kind of dead. Yeah, he's bloodied and he's bru- he's hurt. He's a puppet, and but he's, he's trying the to emergency find the button. His Stretching out on the kitchen, trying to hit it's just his upper torso. I think his bottom's cut off, right? The emergency button for some reason that's on the bottom of the kitchen floor. The emergency button is a horribly cheap. No, he's not cut off. He's whole. Oh, okay. But the emergency button is a horribly cheap prop. Look, it's a well, uti- it's a horribly cheap production. But I could have done a better emergency button. Now is is he in heaven? No, it's Brady Bunch style. But there's so many people. It scales like Brady Bunch, but out to like 200 people. Another timer camera shot, and he's trying to sit down on the couch with like everybody, with 60 people. And he sits down, and it's and it changes to the serial killer. He almost gets his arms down in time. And now it looks like oh, it's finally opening. It's created by Drew and Yvonne Asparagus. Honey, I'm home. <laughs> oh, the show's over. It's out of time. Yeah. Too many cooks, too many cooks, too many cooks. <laughs> so if you, I mean, if you watch that at 4 a.m., you'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> like in between, like slap shot commercials and shit. <laughs> well, they, they just got done with the, you know, uh, set it and forget it. And then this comes on. <laughs> So who did that, the video? It was the same, it was people behind, um, I want to say a frisky dingo, but I don't think that's right, but some, some Adult Swim cartoon where they, they, they got the idea and they just, you know, they talked to the guy who's in charge of Adult Swim, Mike Laszlo, and they said, hey, wouldn't this be cool? Mike Laszlo was, yeah, do it, go for it. And so they did. Yeah, I mean... There's a couple scenes. I mean, they talked about. We talked about this recently on the show. It's like, do it till it's not funny, yeah. and they keep doing it till it's funny again. Right, you're right. And this is a study in that, really, right? Exactly. In fact, that was. I read a, a Reddit AMA where the person did that and said that that's what you know. The person who did a camera or something. I think his name was. But I forget. Uh, 
said that you know, he loves things that start out funny, get less and less funny, stop being funny, and then become funny again. And this was sort of yeah, an attempt to do that. Yeah. And for me, the pinnacle of that was when they started introducing the cooks. Okay. That was, for me, that was the pinnacle of overplayed funny again. And the rest, I'm not saying the rest was bad, but for me, that was that was the pinnacle of the, the video. See, to me, I I mean, the, the cooks weren't all that funny to me. When they switched to the cop show. Or maybe slightly before the cooks, right? When they To me, it was when they switched to the cop show. I was like, oh, okay, I, I get what they're going for. And they started vacillating genres. And I was like, oh, you know, okay, this is this is even funnier than, than I thought it was originally, where it was just, you know, beating something into the ground. Uh, and then the serial killer thing happened. I'm not a huge fan of horror movies, but I kind I got what they're going for. I did feel that went over long, but it's 11 minutes. You got to fill it. And then when it when it switched to sci-fi, I was like, I, I actually got it even more. Where the serial killer part actually was funnier to me in retrospect when they kept switch when they switched even to more genres because it sort of felt like they 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 were done right when they switched to serial killer and I was like all right they they were done with their switching genres. But they weren't done. Right. That was just another genre they were doing, and then they switched to another genre and another genre. So, right. so like, and I think the the pinnacle to me is when they had the 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 credits as people and the people as credits. That was to me the pinnacle when, when they just they flipped it completely. Right, right. So it was it was so meta. It was it was like it's ass up its own ass up its own ass. <laughs> That's a good point. I I think that was. Probably one of the smartest moments. Yeah. Right. The for me the the sci fi I liked how they jumped into the acronym of Crooks and Broth. Yeah. Um I I thought the rest of the sci fi stuff was a little bit weak. Yeah, the the serial killer the serial killer's head on the ship and the laser. I, mean, you know, I just I I sort of said, Okay and you know, you know it's getting to a point where it, when they went to Super Hill, like I said, I thought, okay, they, they they exhausted their premise and they moved into a different thing altogether. And then they didn't exhaust their premise. They just, a serial killer was one of the other things they were satirizing besides mm-hmm. cop show right. and uh, in sitcom and now, and, and G.I. Joe cartoon. And now they're satirizing sci-fi. And so to me mm-hmm. it was, okay, no, it wasn't that they're, that they've lost their premise. Just they're satirizing different genres. I, so, yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to explore personally, right? I liked the transition from the round table to the cop show. I think mm-hmm. that worked well. I like the transition in, like I said, into the acronyms. Maybe it's just my relationship with sci-fi or something, but I thought the next couple scenes were really weak. Okay. Um, I mean, I have, a, I have a very... I love sci- I love cheesy old sci-fi, mm-hmm. so... I don't have that relationship. I have that relationship with horror things, so I felt the horror stuff was kind right. of weak. So, yeah, I mean, I can see where you're coming from. But once I got that they were just flipping mm-hmm. through things, then it totally it made sense. And there was even a medical drama in there. Yeah. Yeah, when, they, when, when he was diagnosing the problem mm-hmm. and he was catching... Yeah. Uh, Whatever theme song-itis, yeah. right? You know? <laughs> and when the doctor caught it and the credit came up and he was forced to 
freeze frame smile. That was yeah. that was really good, right? Yeah, but like I said, to me, when when it just switched into just being credits with people, that was like, all right, we're done satirizing particular genres. We're now just satirizing the entire concept. And that to me is when the meta, you know, hit gold. When it was like, oh, they really, they, they were really, they had thought it out. They, they had thought out what they were doing, and it wasn't just genre, genre, genre. It was genre, genre, genre. But then we're gonna, sh- we're really going to examine what the whole right. thing is here. I wonder. So I'm going to change subject here just a little bit. But you know, when we think of shows that forego the theme song, we think, we think of Lost. But what was before Lost? Well, I mean, th- theme songs have gotten shorter and shorter and shorter. Right, but I mean, Lost, to, from my non-expert opinion, Lost truncated it to the extreme, right? It was just yeah. a, eight seconds of one. Lost was, was pretty unique. I mean, was, either- there, was there something that set the table before it, though? That I mean, I'm not expecting you to have the answer. I'm proposing a question that we should. I, I know that there were there were things that had you know theme songs and they had shortened versions of their theme songs. You know they they, w- they would do a very short version that like I remember the Office you know had a big thing but mm-hmm. they would cut the Office to like two or three seconds if it was you know the theme song was very long um, or if the episode was running long. Yeah, the episode was running long. Yeah, that's what I meant. Um, was there a show that had a similarly just opening? Probably, but probably not as big a show, right? I mean, there may have been like a show that did it, but I, I doubt there was as big a show that just did that. I mean, even when you think about the shows back then that were you know popular and, and artsy shows, even like The Sopranos had like an hour, uh, a minute and a half. HBO has always had yeah. absurd. You know, it always bugged me that HBO well, I mean, would never. Curb Enthusiasm is short. Okay, I never, I never really watch Curb. But, okay. uh, you know, like the other HBO shows that I watched, the ones that run for like six or seven seasons, they would never update the theme song. And it was this minute and a half thing, two minute thing. It was so painful. Sopranos. Sopranos, yeah. It was super painful. Um, I still, I mean, Game of Thrones works because they actually, they, they update, update it. it. Yeah, yeah. They change the locations that they're shooting at. So it actually helps with sort of a map to figure out where people are. Right. Um, and it's just interesting to see, you know, what, what Dexter, is- Dexter. I mean, Dexter and Shield. I mean, the entire time yeah. it was the same fucking thing. Yeah, so, exactly. Like- I mean, Dexter. That first season was a, it was great. That theme and and you know, I mean, it was creative and what they did. But then it just kept going the same thing over and over again. It's like you know, it's been seven years. Change your fucking. Some of the other sitcoms, I mean, especially sitcoms with kids in it, like they they're forced to update them. Yeah, but like sometimes they don't. I can't remember a clear example. Maybe it was Modern Family. I don't know. But like you're watching like this preview with the kids a kid, and then they go into the main show and he's a teenager. You know that kind of thing. I was like, update the fucking theme song. It can't cost that much to shoot some new B roll for that. <laughs> Family Matters. I'm mean, just thinking of all those things. It was very full housey, and I mean, there was mm-hmm. lots of things, you know, growing pains, <laughs> family ties, all those things that we remember. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're planning, if you're storyboarding too many cooks, right? You're going to take all the most popular shows. You're going to take the Cosby Show. You're going to take Family Ties. You're going to take Full House, Family Matters, all that, and kind of like get the feel, right? And try to blend the meld those all together into like a progressive shot. And I, they did a great job with that part for sure. Gonna look up shortest TV theme songs. Too many cooks, man. 
What is the shortest TV theme song? There's the 50 best TV show theme songs that I see here. Uh, but I mean, you're, you're seeing that less and less and less shows care about those things. They'll they'll pop. Can we know the taste of this? No, they'll pop something on and then they'll be like, "That's it." Um, yeah, I don't. This is it's gonna be hard. That's a hard search. To, uh, yeah, to never, never look at Yahoo Answers for your answer because you won't you won't get a good one. Got anything else? You want to wrap this up, or what do you think? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, too many cooks. Too many cooks. Too many cooks. Too many cooks. If I can find the stop button.